We're turning this evening to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. Our young people have turned to Genesis uh, for quite a number of years. We've been going through the life of Joseph. I was looking today at when we started that study and was April 2015. You're only young at that age and we're still doing and we eventually we've reached Genesis chapter 49 and we thought about Christ being the fruitful boy that is mentioned in uh, verse 22 of Genesis chapter 49. But we're returning to this chapter together and we're going to read the opening 12 verses of Genesis 49. So let's read God's word together. It says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest not up to thy father's bed, For thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor. Be not thou ununited, for in their anger they slew a man. And in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shilon come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his fold on to the vine, and his ass's colt on to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Amen. And we'll end our reading, as we said, at verse 12 of the chapter. Let's stand for a word of prayer. So let's stand, just to give you a little rest from sitting. Let's stand for prayer. Loving Father, Lord, I now come before thee. Confessing my weakness, confessing my need of thy spirit, his help, his enabling in the preaching of the gospel. Bless now, O God, the declaration of thy word, the going forth of the gospel. May it not go forth in the demonstration of man's wisdom, but may it go forth in the demonstration of the wisdom and of the power of God. And therefore, Lord, come. Captivate the soul, draw the sinner to thee. Lord, do that which thou hast purposed to do in this gospel meeting, and we'll give thee all praise for it. For we offer prayer in and through Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If there's one thing that we've all, I'm sure, missed over the last year as a consequence of this coronavirus, it has been the ability to gather together as families. Government restrictions saw to it that birthdays and anniversaries and funerals, Christmas and Easter festivities were curtailed as to who and as to how many people could gather to mark and celebrate such important life events. God has made us sociable beings And such COVID restrictions really went against the God-given instinct that we all have to assemble together with loved ones and with friends. 
thinking about the lifting off restrictions in recent days and the opportunity that we now have to gather into God's house and gather together with our families and our friends, my mind was taken to the prophetic words of Jacob concerning his son Judah. More specifically, the one who would come forth from the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jacob lay on his dying bed in Genesis chapter 49, his 147-year-old body evidenced that death most certainly was drawing near to this old patriarch. And yet, as we said on Friday night, his spirit was aglow, it was ablaze with the light of prophecy. As the father of twelve, Jacob now calls his twelve sons together that he might bless them and give them prophetic declarations concerning them and their posterity or their descendants. It is Jacob's words to Judah that we find in verse 10 that I want us to think upon this evening. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor lawgiver from between his feet until Shilon come, and unto him, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Jacob speaks here of one who is termed Shilon. We ask the question, whom is he referring to? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that he's referring not to Judah himself, but to one of Judah's descendants, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ came from the tribe of Judah. He is known as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, the term Shiloh, it means rest. It means peace. It means tranquil. It means quietness. Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah chapter 9 in the verse 6. Concerning the Messiah, we read in Psalm 72 verse 7 these words, In his time there shall be an abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. Again in Micah 5 in the verse 5 we read, This man, speaking of the coming Messiah, the coming Christ, this man shall be our peace. It is recorded in the Gospels that peace on earth was was sung by the angels at the Savior's birth. His own words were these, Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. The invitation that Christ gave to those who are weary and heavy laden bring to our minds the thought of rest. Matthew 11, 29 and 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. John 16, verse 33, the Son of God said, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace, peace, rest, quietness. These are the meaning of Shalom. And in these we find them fulfilled in none other than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Jacob speaks about the gathering of the people on to this one, to Shalom, he is speaking about the gathering of the people of God on to Christ. There is a gathering of a people on to the Lord Jesus Christ. The question that I want to attempt to answer in this gospel meeting is, When will this gathering take place? If he speaks of a gathering taking place, when will this gathering actually take place? So tonight I want to preach a gospel message that I've entitled, Gathered Unto Christ. Gathered Unto Christ. Now as, as I've stated, the objective of this gospel message is to identify when the gathering unto Christ actually takes place And I believe that such a gathering does not just take place at one occasion or on one occasion, but rather this gathering on to Christ takes place at numerous times. And I trust that you'll come to understand why I have drawn that conclusion by the time that this gospel message has concluded. Let me say in the first instance, there is a gathering on to Christ at salvation. There's a gathering on to Christ at salvation. 
I begin by stating something that is well familiar to all who know the gospel. I begin by reminding you that the Bible makes it abundantly clear that all men and women, boys and girls, are born estranged from God. Now our estrangement from God doesn't begin when we enter into adult years. It doesn't even begin when we go through the years of adolescence. It doesn't begin when we start primary school or even when we first go to nursery school, but rather our estrangement from God begins at conception in the womb. I know that because the Bible tells that to be so. In Psalm 58 and the verse 3, we read these words, the wicked or the sinner is estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Now, positionally speaking, we are individuals who are born far off from Christ. That's our position. When we enter this world, we are born far off from Christ. Sin separates us from God. Sin causes a great and an unsurpassable chasm to open up between us, the sinner, and holy God. So far has sin driven mankind from God, so far is sinful mankind from God, that it's going to take the death of his own dear son in order to bridge that chasm and to bring sinful man and holy God back together again and to reconcile holy God to sinful man. Such would be the chasm. Such would be the gap between holy God and sinful man that it's going to take the death of his own own dear son to bridge that gap and to bridge that chasm. And so it is through the gospel of Jesus Christ that sinners are gathered on to Christ. In the gospel, God in his infinite wisdom has devised means whereby his banished be not expelled from him. In salvation, the sinner who is far off from God is brought nigh to God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke about this gathering on to him in the gospel. There in John chapter 12 and the verse 32, Jesus Christ said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. I will gather all men unto me. This drawing on to Christ, this gathering on to the Savior is accomplished by the Spirit of God working upon the soul and upon the heart of the unregenerate individual. That Spirit, He, God the Spirit, so works upon the soul that the sinner who is far off from God finds now an attraction in the person of God's dear Son. They find themselves being drawn from their sin and on to the Savior of sinners. The lifting up of the Lord Jesus Christ. This magnet that draws, that causes a gathering to take place. This great magnet, this great drawing effect on all mankind was accomplished when Christ died as our substitute. When he took our place, when he sacrificed himself for our sins upon the cross of Calvary. And as a result of his death, he has been drawing all men unto himself. Those who are far off, those who are estranged from God, are brought nigh to God. They are gathered unto Christ. He draws from all nations from all lands, and from all tongues. He draws of all ages, of all caliber. He draws from all social status, uh, 
order. He, he, he draws uh, the illiterate. He draws uh, the educated on to himself. And in salvation, there is a drawing of this and one and that one. You know it well. Your mother was drawn to Christ, wasn't she? Your father was drawn to Christ, wasn't he? Brothers, sisters, they have been drawn onto the Savior, drawn mysteriously, miraculously, supernaturally, out of their sin and on to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a gathering there has been. We look around the world today. We see multitudes having been drawn to Jesus Christ. This is what happens in the gospel, in salvation. We're gathered on to Christ. We're drawn away from our sin and we're gathered on to the cross. We're gathered to the place of sacrifice, to the place where the blood was shed, to the fountain open for sin and for uncleanness. We're drawn to the place where salvation was secured for all who will trust in him. This is what happens in salvation. Let me ask you, have you? Have you been gathered on to Christ in salvation? Have you been drawn away from your life of sin and on to the Savior of men? If not, then you're still in your sin. I and you're perilously close to leaving this world without a saving interest in Jesus Christ and thereby you are perilously close to being lost forever in God's hell. I say it would be prudent, most Prudent for you, the sinner, to be gathered on to Christ tonight in the gospel, to be gathered on to him in salvation, to be gathered into his loving embrace, to be brought into his family, to be drawn into his safe and his secure fold. I would trust then tonight that you will leave your sin, that you would draw nigh to God in confession and contrition over your sin. Thank God the promise of the gospel is this, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, shall be gathered on to me. And him that cometh to me, him that gathereth themselves unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And so the gathering, this gathering of the people is first of all seen in the gathering of God's people in salvation unto Christ. In the second instance, there is a gathering unto Christ at death. A gathering unto Christ at death. If you still have your Bible open there in Genesis 49, I want you to look down to the Bible, or that chapter's concluding verse. It is a verse that employs poetic language to speak of the death of Jacob. Look there at verse 33. Of Genesis 49. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. Gathered unto his people. When the Holy Spirit uses that phrase, when he speaks of Jacob being gathered onto, its peop onto his people, it really is but another way of speaking of his death. Death gathered Jacob onto his people. Those souls who had gone to heaven, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, and now Jacob's being gathered, being gathered onto Christ, being brought in from earth, right into glory. The soul of Jacob is being gathered at death. It's being gathered up. Yes, he's being gathered onto his people. Aye, and he's being gathered onto Christ. We'll read and we'll know or we'll see very soon where Abraham, his grandfather, was. But we find here that there is a gathering onto Christ at death. You see, for the Christian, death, think of it as this, child of God, death is but God's gathering method to bring many to glory, to 
bring many to glory. Let me give you that New Testament example that I was just referring to. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. We read here of a rich man and of a beggar. I want you to notice what happens on the death of Lazarus, the beggar. In Luke chapter 16, verse 20, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from off the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. I want you to notice that at the death of Lazarus, this man, this man had angels dispatched to him from heaven to gather his soul unto God. He was brought at death unto Christ. It suggests to us the language here employed that here's a man who knew Christ, who had a saving interest in Christ, and as a result, at death he is being gathered unto Christ. What did Paul say concerning his death? He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said to die would be far better for him, for he would then be with Christ, which is far better. Because at death, God gathers his children on to himself. Is this not a blessed thought, child of God? Does this truth not take away the sting of death and the terror of the grave? To think that death is but the mechanism that God will employ to bring us on to Christ. A gathering on to Christ a death, the gathering of the souls of the righteous unto Christ at death. It is for this gathering that Christ prays for in his high priestly prayer. John seventeen twenty four. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. At death, God gathers our souls. This is what he's praying for. He's praying in glory tonight for the gathering of God's people unto himself. And he does that in death. In death, we shall be gathered unto Christ. What a glorious thought. What a wonderful thought that at the moment of death, I shall be gathered unto him. To him shall the gathering of the people be when? When at death I will be gathered to be with him. But for you who are unsaved, for you who know not Christ, your gathering at death will not be unto him, but your gathering at death will be unto hell. I direct you again to that text in Luke 16, that chapter, because we read of the rich man and what happened to him. Yes, the angels took Lazarus, the soul of Lazarus, into Abraham's bosom. But it goes on to say in verse 22 of Luke 16, the rich man also died and was buried and in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Whilst Lazarus enjoyed the glories and the bliss and the happiness of heaven, and while his soul was gathered unto Christ, the moment that he died by the angels and taken off to glory itself, here we find about this rich man that he wasn't gathered unto Christ, but rather he was gathered into hell. His soul was gathered into hell. In Luke chapter 12, if you're in Luke chapter 16, we read about a rich farmer. And he said, this rich farmer, verse 19 of Luke 12, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, 
This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And we've mentioned it before, but that little phrase, thy soul shall be required of thee, it can be literally translated, do they require thy soul? Who? Who requires the soul of this rich man, this unregenerate man, this man who lived for self and for wealth and for fame and for fortune? Who gathered the soul of this man? Who required the soul of this rich man? Many believe that it, ought, it is the fallen angels, demons, wicked and foul spirits. They come to take the soul of the unregenerate into hell, to gather your soul into hell. That will be your gathering. Do not think that if you have lived for self and sin, that you're going to enjoy the gathering of God's people onto Christ. But rather your soul will be gathered and taken out of this world and taken into the world that is to come and it will be banished and cast into outer darkness to be raised that soul on the day of resurrection for body and soul to be reunited again at the judgment seat of Christ for then God to pronounce your guilt and your eternal doom and for your soul to be eternally cast into the lake that burneth with fire and with brimstone. This is biblical language. This is not medieval language. This is the language of the Bible. Your soul will be gathered into hell. No wonder the psalmist said, Gather not my soul with sinners. For he knew the end of the ungodly. He knew the end of the sinner. Into hell, every unrepentant soul is gathered. I say, sinner, there is no easy way to put it. This will be your end if you die in your sin. Your soul will be conducted into hell, gathered into hell, into the, the darkness of the blackness, into the place where there is wailing and there's gnashing of teeth, into the place where the light never dawns, when mercy never comes, when the gospel is never heard, gathered into hell because you rejected the gospel you rejected Christ you rejected and spurned the offer of mercy you refused to be gathered unto Christ in life when the preacher said come on to me when the preacher uh, said and offered the gospel invitation for you to repent and to be, leave the gospel when the Salvation was held out to you in the gospel, but you wouldn't be gathered on to Christ. Though you were more interested in being gathered with your mates at the pub or gathered with your mates uh, playing five-a-side football during the week or gathered with the ungodly on the dance floors of this world, gathered among the ungodly, among the unregenerate, ah, you would not be gathered on to Christ. so you will be gathered into hell. You will be rejected by him because you rejected him. You will be spurned by him because you spurned him. And he will laugh. He will laugh at your calamity. When your fear cometh. Oh, I would implore you to die the death of the righteous. And if you're to die the death of the righteous, then you're going to have to live the life of the righteous. And you're going to have to have a righteousness given to you because there's none righteous, no, not one. And so you'll need to have a saving interest in Jesus Christ. He'll have to take your sin and bear it on his body to the tree, having suffered for it there on the cross 2,000 years ago. He'll pay the price of your sin and then he'll give to you his righteousness and then he'll make you righteous and then you'll live righteously and then you'll die the death of the righteous. Aye, and you'll enjoy, you'll enjoy the heaven.
that is prepared for those who are righteous. And so there is a gathering in salvation unto Christ. There is a gathering of death unto Christ. Thirdly, there is a gathering unto Christ at the second coming. The second coming. Turn there to Mark, if you're in the Gospels there, Mark chapter 13. Speaking of the Savior's return to earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, he would say these words in Mark 13, verse 26 and 27, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. So this is the second coming of Christ. Now I want you to notice what he says. Verse 27, And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together. Here it is, the gathering together again. The gathering together of his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. At some date in the future, maybe sooner than your views on eschatology will allow you, the Lord Jesus Christ will commission his angels as he comes in clouds of great power and glory. Christ will commission his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. This gathering together of the elect will see to it that every child of God who has ever lived on planet earth of every age, of every nation, of every people, of every tongue, all shall be assembled together. Not one will be overlooked. Not one will be forgotten. Not one will be left behind. But all the saints of God will be brought together in one harmonious company and congregation at the coming again of Jesus Christ. Paul will speak of this gathering together in light of the coming of Christ in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and the verse 1. Let me read it for you. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. At the coming again of Christ, there is a gathering together unto Christ. Now we asked ourselves the question, why? For what reason or reasons will the children of God be gathered together on that particular day? Well, let me give you a number. The first reason has to do with recognition. This gathering together at the coming again of Christ has to do with recognition. You're maybe standing at a wedding or a family birthday party someday and someone suggests, what about a family photograph? I'm sure you all love that, filled with dread. How Get the family together, we'll all stand and smile. You know, whenever you're asked for a family photograph, you don't go out onto the street and grab some passerby and drag them into the photograph and make them stand side by side with you and let their that their face or their person be found in the family photograph. No, no, we don't do that. Who do we gather? Who do we gather whenever we're asked for a family photograph? We gather the family and only the family. And therefore, those that are taking the picture or the person who requested the picture, looking at picture for the family, they understand and you understand that everybody that's standing with you, everyone that is gathered together in the photograph, is part of the same family. Folks, whenever the Son of God returns to earth, and he charges the angels to gather together as elect, he's doing something. He's, he's publicly recognizing us as part of his family. There he brings in from Australia and America, from Chile and Brazil, from Northern Ireland to Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales. He's bringing them all together. And what is he saying? What is he doing on that occasion? As he brings them all together into one great company, he is recognizing, these are my children. These belong to my family. 
and those who are not gathered do not belong to me. And so there is a thought of recognition, publicly recognized as a child of God when he gathers his children to himself on that day. God will own his children on that day. I asked you, when God's family is gathered, will you be there? Will you be there? Are you a member of God's family? Have you been born again? Do you know anything of the spiritual birth, the new birth? Are you a member of the household of faith? Are you a son? Are you a daughter of God? He gathers us for recognition. The second reason for gathering the gathering of God's children at his second coming has to do with reward. The Christian's labors and toils will be over when Christ returns. At that time, he will reward his faithful. He will receive them up in, into, into the clouds and he will receive them on to himself. He will give to them the crown of glory and emit them into his kingdom, a kingdom prepared before the foundation of the world. Because it is coming, there is a day of reward for his children. You know, there are many in this world and they're concerned about the rewards of earth, OBEs and MBEs and knighthoods, and titles and letters in front and behind their names. That's all they concern themselves about, the rewards of earth. But what about the eternal reward? Does a crown await you? Will you hear the well done of God? Is there a place in heaven reserved for you? These things will only ever be yours if you know Christ savingly. The third reason for the gathering of God's children at his second coming has to do with refuge. Recognition, reward, and refuge. This thought of refuge is highlighted to us in the words of the Savior concerning the inhabitants of the city of Jerusalem. Matthew 23, verse 37, Jesus Christ said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, listen to these words, how oft would I have gathered, how oft would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her children, chickens under her wings. And ye would not. Just as the mother hen would gather her young chicks under her protecting wing in order to protect and in order to provide them a place of refuge from impending danger, so Christ was willing to perform the exact same thing for the people in Jerusalem, but they would not come to him. When the people of God are gathered on to Christ at his second coming, thank God they'll find a place of refuge, a place of safety. When the storm of judgment breaks, they will find a place of hiding, a place of safety in the rock of ages because they've gathered themselves onto Christ. In his gathering of his children, he's gathering them from the storm that's going to break. And he's going to hide them. And he's going to preserve them. If you have not yet sought a place of refuge, then hide yourself in him. For he is only safe hiding place. God is a refuge for the guilty. But you must fly to him. You must fly to the refuge. Hiding yourself in him. Will you do it just now? Before the meeting finishes, just now where you are. You seek the Lord.
Will you cry to him? Will you admit that you need a place of refuge? If you do that, thank God you'll find a safe hiding place when the Son of God returns to this earth to do what? To take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me suggest to you a little test. A little test on whether or not you will be gathered on to Christ at the day of his return. Here's the test. The test to your spiritual state tonight is that you don't want to gather with the saints on earth. So how then do you think? How then do you think that you're going to gather with the saints of God at the coming again of Jesus Christ. Ask yourself the question, what kind of gatherings do I like best on earth? Ask yourself whether you really love assembling with the people of God or whether it's just a drudgery. Because your answer will reveal how things truly are with you. If you can't gather with the saints on earth, what chance is there of ever you gathering with the saints in glory and at a second coming? In the fourth instance, there is a gathering on to Christ at the judgment. When God gathers humanity together, having come to the earth, On earth's final day, he will gather the entire human race for judgment. Matthew chapter 25, if you want to turn there, I'll read a few verses from the verse 31 down to 33. Matthew 25, 31 to 33, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. So we have the second coming again of Christ. What happens? And before him... Underline the words, before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And the parable goes on to speak of the judgment then that will unfold. Notice that when the Son of Man comes in glory, Humanity is gathered into one of two groups, either into the group of the sheep or into the group of the goats. To be gathered, there will be a separation. There's going to be a day of separation when this gathering takes place. Samuel Davis spoke of the separation that will take place And all nations will be gathered before God. He said this, What relations are now broken? What hearts are now torn asunder? What intimate companions, what dear friendships are now parted forever? Neighbor from neighbor, friend from friend, parents from children, husbands from wife. Those who wear but one flesh and who lay in one another's bosom must part forever. Those who lived in the same country, who joined the same denomination, who worshipped in the same place, who lived under one roof, who lay in the same womb and sucked the same breast must now part forever. Because the day of gathering becomes a day of severing. When all nations shall be gathered before him, then there comes the separation. Mother, on judgment day, will you be found among the sheep or will you be found among the goats? Father, will you, on judgment day, will you be gathered with the righteous or with the unrighteous boys, girls, teenagers? Judgment day will you be assembled with the saved or all with 
the unsaved. A day of separation. And all nations shall be gathered at the judgment. Have you an advocate for that day? A defense lawyer? One to plead your cause? One who has paid your sin debt? Or have you no savior? No redeemer? No friend? Tonight we have thought about the various times when God's children are gathered together unto Christ. They're gathered to Christ at salvation, at death, at the second coming, and at the judgment. But there's one final time. We've already hinted at it. But the Christian is gathered unto Christ, and that is in heaven. In heaven itself. In Matthew chapter 25, yes, the ungodly and the unsaved, they are cast in to outer darkness. But in verse 34 of Matthew 25, we read of the fate of those who are on the right hand. Then shall the king say unto them that are on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is the final gathering. The ultimate gathering of the family of God. When God's people, body and soul, are gathered into heaven, eternal home of the blessed. Here on earth, the saints are severed and separated by thousands of miles apart. But despite the scattering, there's coming a day when God's family, the whole family, is going to be gathered safely home. All the members of God's blood-washed family We gather together from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. We'll meet in heaven, never to part again. Gathered into the safety of heaven. Gathered into the joys of heaven. Gathered into the blessings of heaven. Gathered into the perfection and the bliss, the rapture of heaven gathered home, safe at last, gathered to Christ, gathered to find our place before the throne where we will worship him for countless ages. My closing questions are simple yet solemn. Do you belong to this family, to God's family? Will you be gathered around the throne to sing the song of the redeemed? When the Son of God comes to gather his loved ones home, we sang about it tonight, when he comes to gather his loved ones home, will you be found numbered among those very ones. What a blessing to know that someday we who know Christ will be gathered into heaven's fair city to enjoy endless bliss and to enjoy the society of the saints forever. Don't miss it, sinner. Don't miss being gathered into heaven. And for that to happen, you must be gathered onto Christ. You must be gathered onto Him in salvation. You may not be aware of this if you're not a Christian, but tonight the gospel net has been thrown out in this gospel meeting. And now, as this meeting comes to a close, that gospel net is being gathered in. It's being gathered in. Are you in that net? Is Christ drawing you to himself tonight? Do you feel it? God has spoken. And he's trying to gather you onto him. Don't resist. Don't kick against the pricks.
come, be gathered unto him, so that if deaths would call or Christ would come, you would be then gathered into heaven. May tonight, through your reception of the gospel, may tonight you be gathered on to Christ. Because on to him shall the gathering of the people be. May God gather you to himself just now. For Christ's sake, amen and amen. Let's pray. Appreciate your time. Want to go out to the gate tonight there? And so give us just a little moment to do so, to see you away this evening. But has God spoken to you? I'm not much but, but interested in you being gathered onto this church. That's not, that's not the important matter. You're not a Christian. That's not the matter. You need to concern yourself about I want to see you gathered onto Christ. Come to him. Oh, may God by his spirit draw you. May at his coming you be found in him. And may you be found in heaven, gathered with the blood-washed throng, singing the song of the redeemed. If you have concern about your soul, if as yet you have not been gathered on to Christ in the gospel, then come tonight. I'll speak with you. Make your need known. Make contact with us. We'll be glad to speak to you about these matters. Loving Father, we commit this service, this gospel meeting to thee. We thank thee for thy word. We rejoice in all of these great gatherings that we, thy people, will be involved in. We rejoice, Lord, that we have we've been gathered on to Christ and salvation, and that is that is the key. That's that's the answer to the other gatherings. When I'm gathered on to Christ in death, when I'm gathered, O oh God, at the judgment, when I'm gathered at the second coming, when I'm gathered eventually into heaven itself, it is all because of the day that I was gathered to Christ in salvation. And so gather thy people to thyself tonight. Answer prayer. And part us with the blessing of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For we offer prayer in and through the name of Jesus Christ the Saviour. Amen and Amen.